How many could use some mom goggles, right? Huh? When you see everything through a mom's perspective, it's totally different. We're here today to honor you moms and to honor our moms, even those that aren't with us, still with us here on this earth. Uh, we, we want to honor moms today. So today we thank you from the bottom of our hearts and we honor you today for everything that you've done. And not just for what you've done, but for who you are, for your heart and your love toward us. So every mom in here, if you want to please, if you, if you haven't received the gift, did all of y'all get the gift we have for you in church? If you haven't, there's some in the foyer, and you can pick one up on the way out. It's wrapped up like a gift and um, from the church to you, and we honor you, and we thank you so much for all that you've done, and we love you and cherish you. Would you raise your hand if you're a mom? Please raise your hand. I don't want to ask you to stand up and embarrass you, but thank you so much. Let's give a round of applause to all the moms in here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, through, through in, in years past, I've always done this. I'm not going to ask who's the oldest mom, but I will ask for you to kind of shout out, is there a mom in here who has more than seven children? Raise your hand. How about how, seven? Seven children? Six. How about six children? Five, if, if June's mom was still with us, she'd raise her hand. She had eight. Okay. How about five? Five children. We have a mom with five children. Raise your hand. How about five? No? You got a whole bunch of them over there. You got seven with her today. All right. How about four? Ladies with four children. One, two, three. Okay. Now, how, how about ladies in here who, who have grandchildren? Who has eight grandchildren? Raise your hand. No? Seven. Yeah. Whoa. Eight or seven? Eight grandchildren. How about a round for that? That's all right. And two, two kids, two kids with eight grandchildren. It's wonderful. It's a one, this is a wonderful life. We salute you. We thank you. And, and God bless you from the bottom of our hearts, okay? If you would, turn in your Bibles, and we're going to start with the message. Um, Father, we, we thank you for this time. And, Lord, this day that is set aside to honor our mothers. We pray that not only will it be uh, enlightening and, and your word will come forth, but also, Lord God, that, um, that your anointing would be upon each mom here as they continue. And Lord, let them sense your love, a mother's love, that comes straight from your heart. Bless your word as it goes forth. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. We're going to read two scriptures that basically say the same thing, one in the Old Testament, another one in the New Testament. The Old Testament is Exodus 20 and the Ten Commandments. And the second one is in Ephesians 6, and it's a, a repeat of that same scripture. So um, I would like to say a few things to set it up first, though. Um, years ago, um, some of you have been with us a while have heard me say this already, but Caleb gave me a pillow years ago. It's a little pillow that we have in our bedroom, and it says on it, anyone can be a father, but it takes a special man to be a dad, Okay. That pillow also applies to moms. Almost every girl or lady can be a mother, but it takes a special lady to be a mom, to be a mama. There's a difference between just having children and being a mama, being a mom, correct? And, 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 and there's something special and godly and heavenly about that. 
we celebrate this day, of course, as I said, it's been, and we all know, is, is Mother's Day. And, and, and that difference, I want to point out as I go through this message. I, I also have, have pointed out many times to you as a church that, that uh, there's a, a blessing that comes with obeying God's word. The scripture we're about to read carries with it a commanded blessing. And it instructs us to honor our moms, to honor our moms. It doesn't say only honor those moms that have been godly and kind and loving to you. It says honor your mom no matter what. And there's a commanded blessing that goes with it. We're going to read that in a second. When I came in here today, some of you may notice that I'm a little bit duded up for what, what I normally wear. And, and Caleb was kind of chuckling. He was laughing at me. And he said, Poppy, he said, you, you got your disco shirt on. And, and, and for, for you younger people, that was a musical trend in the 70s and early 80s. And, and, and he started kind of doing like this. He said, he said, look like you got to do a disco dance with that shiny shirt on. I said, son, I'm wearing this sport coat and these slacks for my mother. I said, because your grandma always said, I love to see you wearing. She liked a tie too, but I couldn't go that far. And, she, and I have nothing against that. Some of you in here wear clothes, you know, on Sunday wear clothes like this. And I, and I, I love it. It's great. But I used to have to do that every day and, and all the time, and, and so now I've just taken a break from that. But, and, but I did this to honor my mother, and, and she loved it. She'd always tell me. She'd say, Marsh, you look so good today in, in, in those slacks and that, in that coat. And uh, in 1981, 1981, my mother gave me this shirt, okay? And so I'm wearing this today, this disco shirt, to honor my mom, okay? And uh, Brother Chris said that disco... Brother Chris said that disco is coming back, and I told Miss Kelly he needs help. If he thinks disco is coming back, we, we, we all need some help here. God help us if disco ever comes back. But I did this to honor my mother. So it's very important that we honor and get that commanded blessing, okay? Now, please hear me. I understand that some of you did not have godly, loving moms. Some of you in here did not even know your mom. Probably you might have been raised in another home or a relative's home or something, and maybe never got to know your mother, okay? But the scripture, as I said, doesn't say honor uh, just those good moms. It says honor your father and mother, okay? And when you obey that, it brings a blessing. This message today, please hear me, church, is not going to be real theological, so if you think you're going to, you know, look and make sure that I'm following scripture or, or, oh man, it's a wonderful big platitude theologically that he said, forget it. This message today and this day is simply this. Look, look, read my lips. It's about you and your mother. It's about you and your mom. And it's pointing some things out. And hopefully you'll leave here and say, okay, I understand her a little bit better. All right? And I can honor her to the extent that is possible. Sometimes that is a very limited extent, but you can honor her to some extent. If nothing else, just in your heart, you can honor her. Even if she's gone, you can still honor her. So let's read. We'll start out in um, Exodus chapter 20, and we'll read what, what Scripture says there um, in the Ten Commandments, uh, verse 12. And you all all know this. It says, Honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land and the Lord your God, that the Lord your God has given you. One of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother so that you may have long life in the land the Lord has given you. Ephesians 6 echoed the same 
scripture again. Ephesians 6, verse 1. Children, children. Okay, say, that's me. If you're here, children, that's me, right? Okay, you, you didn't get here in a U-Haul. This, yeah, children, that's me, all right? All of us, children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment in the Ten Commandments. It's the first one with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on this earth. And you may enjoy long life on this earth. I tell people that all the time. People who are loving and people who are honoring their mothers, honoring their mother-in-laws. I told a lady here just the other day that, and I told her, I said, you know what Scripture says, and you're going to have a good long life, and you're going to have a sweet in heaven, because she's caring for her mother-in-law in her home. And I said, it's going to go well for you, and you will have long life, because there is a commanded blessing when you honor your father, and you honor your mother. Now, this is the third part of a series on love. What about love? And, of course, today's title is A Mother's Love. So I want to talk about a mother's kind of love. I want to identify it, and then I want to talk to you about how you can honor and you can reciprocate and show that love to the best of your ability and and to what is allowed in your life to do that. Because I understand there are certain circumstances sometimes where that can't be done. The power of a mother's love is what I want to look at first. The power of a mother's love. Every mom in here say, I have power. Come on, say, I have power. You're very powerful. And the love that you have in your heart is very powerful. It's very, very powerful. First of all, it's powerful because it's the beginning and it's the promise of character that is yet to come. It's the beginning and the promise of character, of character that is yet to come. Proverbs 1.18 and 22.6 says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. And in verse 22, I mean, in Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, Train a child in the way he should go. Train that child. And when he's old, he will not turn from it. It's the beginning and the promise of character in your child's life. And it starts with you, Mom. That character is birthed on your lap. Now, what are you talking about character, Marshall? What, what is that? Character is what you do when no one is watching. It's those decisions and those actions that define who you really are inside before they manifest on the outside. It's what you do when you find an envelope on the floor of a store and that envelope has about two, or $300 cash. And it's what you do with that envelope. That's character. You can go either way with it, but what you do with it shows the character that you have. It's what you do when your wife is not in the room and there's no one around and one of those Victoria's Secret commercials comes on TV. 
Do you turn your head? Do you close your eyes? What do you do? That's character right there, okay? Character is shown at tax time. It's true. I hear people giggling. It's true. Do you, do you take those little things? You say, oh, that'll slide under that. That's character. But listen to me, church. Long before you pass or fail a test on character, long before it's taught to you on your mother's lap and it's lived out in her life. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. How many of you in here were taught by your mother when you were a kid to pay your bills on time every month? Look at the hands going up. Look at the hands going up. Taught to pay your bills, to sit down. You watched your mom take a dollar and stretch it into $50. You watched her pay those bills and go to the mailbox with her. Raise your hand again. How many of you were taught that? How many of you in here were taught by your mom that if you borrowed someone's toy to bring that toy back and if you didn't, you had to go and apologize to that person? Come on, raise your hands. Taught by your mother. How many of you in here were taught to go up to someone and say, I'm sorry, I'm I'm sorry I hit you, or I'm sorry, that was mostly us boys, a few girls, But, but we're taught to walk up to someone and say, Would you please forgive me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please, raise your hand. You were taught that by your mother. Look at at the hands here that are going up, okay? How many of you ever got punished or spanked by your mom for lying? Yeah, look at the hands going up here, man. This is is crazy. To take Tim, Tim and Dwayne got both their hands up. You got people over here with their hands and their feet going up in the air, Okay? to take responsibility for your wrong, okay? Now, how many of you moms in here taught your kids everything I just said? Raise your hands, <laughs> all right? I remember that when Caleb was growing up, June used to tell him, and he's back there, he'll say, this, this is true. She used to tell him all the time, son, and she'd tell him serious when he was a little bitty, so he, he really believed it. And, and I would play jokes with him all the time, and, and I would look through a mirror or something, and I would, I would give signals. And she'd say, son, I have eyes behind my head. Have you ever heard that? Have you told your children that? Son, I have eyes behind my head. And he believed it for a while. I think until last week he believed that. <laughs> and when every chance I had, I would play along with it, and I would say, I'd say oh, yes, yeah. He, he would look like, how's she? I'd say, well, she's got eyes behind her head, son. Okay? And that's a mother. Okay? Character that's taught before it is developed, okay? And moms, listen to me. We honor you for that today. Secondly, the power of a mom's love is the beginning and it's the promise of spiritual destiny, spiritual destiny that is yet to come. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, we just read it. And in 1 Samuel, in Ephesians, I think that thing for men applies also to ladies about, it says, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the nurture or the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Most of the time, dad's out at work and the kids are getting swatted and disciplined and everything by the mom. Is this true? And so I think it applies to moms too. Look at 1 Samuel. How many of you are familiar with 1 Samuel, the story about Hannah? Hannah wanted a child so bad. Hannah was screaming out to God, crying to God, I want a child. I 
Hannah, I want a child. I want you. You could call me Hannah. I remember taking showers every morning. You know, taking a shower at night, depending on my schedule on the railroad. And and I would cry out to God. I want a son. I want a son. I want a son. And I'm kind of a Hannah, a Hannah with a beard. And 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 He sent us Caleb, our miracle child. And Hannah wanted a child. And God, of course, sent her a child, and she named him Samuel. Okay. Now listen to this. He granted her wish. Verse 22. In, in 1 Samuel. Listen to this. Quote, she says to her husband, she said to her husband, I will take him. The husband didn't say that. Who said it? Hannah. Stu, where's Miss Hannah? She's in children's church. Hannah said, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. Verse 27, I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him, so now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshipped, Samuel, worshipped the Lord there. Church, how many pastors, how many missionaries, how many ministers, how many lay ministers, how many spiritual leaders in churches were prayed into that call and prayed into that anointing by the praying of of a mom, by the fasting of a mom, calling out to the Lord and saying, my son will serve the Lord, my daughter will serve the Lord. And the anointing and the call upon their life was placed there because of a mother who spent hours every day on her face before the Lord, crying out to Him. The promise of the call of spiritual destiny through moms. Listen listen to me, church. You can't run far enough You can't hide good enough to get away from the prayers of a praying mom. It won't happen. She'll rein you in. She'll go before the throne room every day and then you wonder why things are happening different in your life. It's because your mother ain't turning you loose. She's praying for you. She's prophesying for you. I can't tell you the hours, the time that I saw my wife, Caleb's mom, praying for him. I can't tell you the times when he was young and she was rocking him and she would sing to him. That's why he can sing because she sang to him for years and years and years. How many times she would have a word for him and read the Bible while he was there. He was asleep and he was hearing the word of God being read to him by his mama right there. And she would prophesy you are going to serve the Lord and you are going to be powerful before the Lord in His ministry. And now we're seeing the fruit of that with our son because of what Mama did. How many of you know that Abraham Lincoln, one of my personal heroes, that Abraham Lincoln attributed his presidency to his mother? He called her his dear sweet mother or dear sweet Mama. Abraham Lincoln, he said, how many of us have seen TV when the superstars or super athletes look at the camera and they say, hi, mom? How many of them say, hi, dad? They say, hi, mom, when they look into that. Is this true? Into that camera. How many ministries? What was Billy Graham's mama praying when she prayed for her son? Listen to what Paul said to Timothy to his understudy, to his protege, Timothy. He said, I have been reminded. It has come to my mind. Maybe someone, whatever. It came to his mind. He said, of your sincere faith, 
He said, Timothy, you have a sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, I believe, now lives in you also. From grandma to mama to Timothy. And Paul says, I see it in you. John Wesley, you know the Wesley brothers, who did all of the, all through the Bible Belt. You ever heard of the term the Bible Belt? They started the Bible Belt. They went and they preached on, literally on wood stumps, stump preaching, and brought the Bible to all the southern realm of the United States and Midwestern realm of the United States. And that was started. And the Wesleyan movement and the, the churches, the Wesleyan church, and, and, and all of these, these Wesley boys were started by their mother. And she had a bunch. I think it was 10 or 12 kids. And they said when she would pull her apron over her head for hours at a time, the children knew not to go and touch or go near their mother. They would get in trouble because she was praying and interceding. The power of the love of a mother. This dictionary that I brought to show you today is special to me because when I first started in ministry, and when it was evident that there was a call on my life, I'm a reader, I read a lot, I'm always looking up words and everything, and I had my daddy's old dictionary that Brother Kirk had borrowed, I'd forgotten, and he brought it back to me, it's, just, it's almost falling apart. My mother gave me this. It's a, it's a gift, it's, it's, I cherish this. January 1996, I went full time in the ministry in 94, but she wrote here, she said, Marsh, may all the best of everything happen to you always. I'm so proud of you. I love you, Mom. The power of the love of a mother that will not only bring forth character, but will also bring forth divine destiny in your life. Thirdly, it's the beginning and the promise of domestic peace and unity. What do you mean? It sounds kind of domestic peace and unity. Domestic, I mean in your house. Peace and unity from the power of a mama's love that is yet to come. That is yet to come. Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go and when he, when he is older, he will not depart from it. When he is older, have you ever heard the expression that the man is the king of the castle? You ever heard that? That your home, you know, the man is the king of the castle. But the mom is the heart of the home. Listen carefully. The man, the man is the leader of the home. He is the protector of the home. He is the cover of the home. He is given vision. He is given direction. And he is the provider of the home. He is the king of the castle, but the mom is the heart of the home. And it's so true. Young men learn how to treat their future wives by their daddy's example about on how he treats, when they see how he treats their mama. But young girls learn from their mothers how to be wives, how to be moms to their children by the example that they see in their mom. 
How many of you realize, and this is just a fact, not all the time, not all the time, please hear me, but most of the time, a good, good number of, of people who go through this, a child who sees their mom screaming and hollering and, and throwing things and handling everything in that way, those children most of the time become screamers and hollerers and throwers. I'm telling you, I see it all the time. Now, not every time. Sometimes they say, I'm not going to be like that, and they, they, they're totally different. But very often, they inherit that curse from their mama. But a child who saw a mom who, who kept a clean and orderly house and who was kind and gentle and even received injustices and, and was not treated that well by dad and took it and smiled and said the best and thought the best and, and respected, in spite of that, respected that husband, that child will grow up most of the time and be that same kind of wife and mother. And if they saw peace and unity in the home, most men, most men will be looking for that kind of lady, that kind of girl to become their wife because they saw it modeled, okay? Now, moms, listen to me. Every one of you mothers in here, please listen to me. I'm going to make a statement. You're going to say, this man's out of his mind. He doesn't know. I'm, I'm making a statement that is absolute truth. Listen to me. Your grandchildren and great-grandchildren will probably live in a home that you are preparing for them right now. Those little ones that walked out here, we had a whole crowd of them this morning. A home that you're preparing for them right now, Mom. Because it will be handed down and handed down again. But you can start it right now. And if you came up in a bad situation, you can break that right now off of your children and off of your grandchildren for better or for worse. And for that, moms, for that, we honor you, mama. We honor you, mom, for that. Okay? So it's the beginning and promise of character, of spiritual destiny, of domestic peace and unity. Now, what does a mom's love, what does the love of a mother really reveal? First of all, I believe it reveals the hand of God. His love is lived out in a practical way every day, a practical way in the hugs, in the encouragement, in, in the discipline, in the direction, all of those things, those practical everyday things. The hands of God are revealed in the love of a mom. You want to see what God looks like? Look at a mom. How many of you read The Shack, the book The Shack? Wonderful book. How was God portrayed in that book? What? As a mama. As a mama, a lady. When I first started, I said, hey, this is horrible. I can't. My pride took over. And men, if you read it, don't lie to me. Yours did too at first. I said, what is this guy trying to do here? He's portraying, portraying God as this lady who's, who's a mama. and A mama. Well, that's not God, everything. And then the more I read, I said, that is the heart of God. That is God. Okay? And he was trying to make a point there. He was, he, was, he was showing us the reality of the character and the heart of God, okay? How many of you realize that God is practically demonstrated the hands of God through the love of a mom? Sometimes you have moms that have three jobs, very difficult jobs, 
very demanding jobs. She is a wife. That's one in, in itself. She is a mother to the children. That's one, oh my God, in itself all the time, taking and loving them and taking care of them. And then she works a full-time job out of the house. And ladies, those of you that are doing that, I salute you and I honor you today. And it is unbelievably tough. And men, if you don't think it is, you watch those kids for one day. You're going to be like these guys looking for the mom's goggles. Believe me. Trust me. This week, um, where's Nadine? Is Nadine in here? She's in children's church too. She's in the nursery. Most of the moms are in the nursery. <laughs> this week, um, uh, how many of you know that, that her grandson uh, had surgery this week? He went in surgery at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, he's one of the twins uh, that we've been praying for, and they're both born prematurely, and, and he was underdeveloped, and, and so he's really had a fighting for his life. And he was in surgery at Children's Hospital in New Orleans from 8 o'clock in the morning till 11, about 11.30 that night, okay, all that time in, the, in surgery. And he's how old? Three months old? Four months old, okay? And so we took care of his little sister, who, older sister, who's, what, a year old? Her name, a year and a half. And she's, her name is Gracie. And so here we were. We got our, 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 our premature grandparents and grandparent lessons. And so uh, uh, Tiffany came and, and delivered Gracie to us, brought Gracie to us, and, and we were just thrilled, but it had been a long time since we had had a baby in the house. And so I was watching June the whole day, and I was watching her, and, and, and I'd forgotten that, that babies sleep more than once. You know, I'm, I'm serious. It was like, whoa, she's, she's sleeping again. You know, and, and, you know, they wear themselves out and they sleep. They wear themselves out and they, and they sleep. And so it was kind of like we saw on the deal, and on the film. And I was watching June as she would rock her, and she would fight her sleep, Gracie would, and June would rock her. And I came in there, and, and, and I would look at June, and, and, and Gracie was fast asleep, and she was still holding her and rocking her and humming and singing, just like she did with Caleb. And then finally, she'd go, a long time after she'd go and lay her down on, on, the, on the deal, the little bed she had made for her. Whether she'd wear herself out, she'd go rock her. About the second time, I looked in there and I said, she's sleeping. And she said, yeah. She whispered, she said, yeah, she's sleeping. I said, you're having fun, huh? She said, yeah. Are you catching this, guys? The love of a mama. There's nothing like it. It's totally different than the love of a father. And it's the hands of God. But it's also the heart of God. Not just the hands, but the heart. God's desires, God's hopes. God's direction, those good things that God has for us are demonstrated and they're revealed in the heart, in the love of a mom, okay? Remember last week or week before I taught you all three kinds of love? You have eros love, remember that? That's where we get our word erotic from, that's fleshly, lustly, you know, like, ooh, baby, you look good, that kind of love, right? Okay, then you got Philadelphia, you have phileo love from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, right? Okay, which is just a little bit higher kind of love. And then you have, what, agape love, which is a God kind of love, correct? And agape love is an all-giving love. It's all directed toward the person who receives it. Just as a mom gives toward her child, all toward the child, not toward the mom. It's the best kind of love there is. The 
heart of God. All giving, not receiving. I'll read you a story. A man in Korea, in the country of Korea, he says, my mom only had one eye. I hated her. She was such an embarrassment. My mom ran a small shop in a flea market. She collected small weeds and such to sell. Anything for money we needed, she was such an embarrassment. There was this one day during elementary school. I remember that it was field day and my mom came and I was so embarrassed. How could she do this to me? I threw back, I threw her a hateful look and ran out. The next day at school, the kids were saying, your mom has only one eye, and they taunted me with that. I wished my mom would just disappear from this world, so I said to her one day, Mom, why don't you have the other eye? You're only going to make me a laughing stock. Why don't you just die? My mom didn't respond. I guess I felt a little bad, but at the same time, I felt good to think I had just said what I wanted to all this time. Maybe it was because my mom hadn't punished me, but I didn't think that it hurt her feelings very bad. That night, I woke up and went to the kitchen to get a glass of water, and my mom was crying there, quietly, as if she was afraid that she might wake me. I took a look at her and then turned away, because the one thing I had said to her earlier, there was something pinching in the corner of my heart. Even so, I hated my mother who was crying out of her one eye. So I told myself that I would grow up and become successful because I hated my one-eyed mom and our desperate poverty that we lived in. Now, this is translated from Korean, so you can tell. Uh, I didn't translate. Then I studied, re I studied real hard. I left my mother and came to Seoul and studied and got accepted in Seoul University because of all the confidence I had. Then I got married and I bought a house on my own. Then I had kids. Now I'm living happily as a successful man. I like it here because it's a place that doesn't remind me of my mom. That happiness was getting bigger and bigger when someone unexpected came to me and said and came. And came to my house and said, what, who this, I, I can't understand that. It was my mother standing there still with her one eye. I felt as if the whole sky was falling apart on me. My little girl ran away scared of my mom's eye. And I asked her, who are you? I don't know you. As if I tried to make that sound real. I screamed at her, how dare you come here and scare my little daughter. Get out of here now. And to this, my mother quietly answered, I'm so sorry. I must have gotten the wrong address. You think she didn't realize that was her son? And she disappeared. Thank goodness she didn't recognize me. I was quite relieved. I told myself I wasn't going to care or think about it for the rest of my life. Then a wave of relief came over me, and one day a letter regarding a school reunion came to my house. I lied to my wife, saying I was going on a business trip, but after the reunion, I went down to my mom's house, an old shack that I used to call a house, just out of curiosity, and I found my mother fallen on the cold ground. But I didn't shed a tear. 
and she had a piece of paper in her hand, and it was a letter written to me. And it said, My son, I think my life has been long enough now, and I won't visit Seoul anymore. But would it be too much to ask if I wanted you to come and visit me once in a while? I miss you so much, and I was glad to hear that you were coming for the reunion. But I decided not to go to school for you. I'm sorry that I have only one eye. It was an embarrassment for you. You see, when you were little, you got in an accident and lost your eye. And I gave you mine. I was so proud to see you, son, seeing a whole new world in my place with that eye. I was never upset at you for anything you did. The couple of times you got angry with me, I thought to myself, it's because he loves me. I miss the times when you were still young. I miss you so much, I love you. You mean the world to me. The heart of God and the love of a mom. All giving and not receiving. And lastly, the hope of God. Not wishing or hoping for, but a biblical hope, a sure certainty, a sure certainty of God's love toward us through a loving mom that builds our faith in a God that we cannot see. Do you all realize that it's extremely hard for a lady who has been abused by her parents to come to church and worship a God that she cannot see when those who were supposed to give him his love to her did not give it to her. It's hard. And mom, you have a chance to exhibit the love of God. You have a chance to exhibit the hand, the heart, and the hope of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I'm going to read it quickly for the sake of time. Just I'm going to run through it, and I want to share some key words because this is a mother's love. Listen to me. By speaking tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge and have, and have faith that moves mountains but don't have love, I am nothing. If I give all my... All that I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It is true. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, trusts, hopes, persevere. Love never fails. And now these three remain, verse 13, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. How many of you pictured your mama when I was reading that scripture? Patient, waiting beyond good sense on you, waited on you, and waited on you, and waited on you, and waited and waited for that, for that husband, your dad, waited for that call to come to pass, waited for that ugly man to change, waited for that teenager to be free, waiting for that, like this mother, knowing, taking those abuses, taking those insults, and just 
being patient because that's what the power of love is all about. That is what the love of a mom is all about. Being kind, we just read, kind. will love gently and unconditionally. Kind, a kind heart. Humble, not envious or boasting. Look what I did for you. Yeah, I did that, you know, my goodness gracious. Mom, a, a godly mom doesn't do that. Gentle, not rude or easily angered. Gentle and keeps no record of evil. Not throwing it in your face all the time. Selfless, giving up personal comfort and desires and needs. Putting a career, not going to college, not doing all this stuff so that she can be with her children, so that she can support the husband, so she can be there for the family putting all of her things on the back burner, truthful in love, saying, son, daughter, you, you, you shouldn't have done that, and you know I love you, but you should. Being truthful, how about trusting? You burn them, and, and, and they take you back. You burn them, and they take you back. You burn them, and they take you back. I watched that in my family. My God. Not once did my mother look at me or my brothers and say, Get away from this door. It was always, I'm so happy to see you. Sometimes after a long period of time, always thinking the best. Oh, that's my boy. Or that's my daughter. That's my gang right there. And just bragging on you. And never, ever giving up. Now, how can we honor practically? Say, yeah, that all sounds good. It's touching everything. Else. How can we honor our moms? You, you want to know it? Children, if you're in here, some of you younger ones, and, and, and dads, you want to teach them, uh, teenagers, uh, adults, you want to honor your mom, ladies, you want to honor your mom, spend time with her. Spend time with your mother. Just sit down and talk to her and ask her questions. Talk to her about her life when she was young and when she was growing up. Ask her how she met your dad and, 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 and what... When, when they were dating and what were the times like, ask her what her pregnancy was like for you. And she'll respond and she'll open up. Take her to the movie. Spend time with her. Make her a part of your life. My mother, the last few months of her life, I realized that she was, that she was going because she kept getting this bacteria and finally that's, that's what, what uh, killed her. And and, uh, it, and and they would treat it, and then she'd end up back in the hospital and treat it and back in the hospital. And I took that opportunity to ask her all of these questions. I would say, Mama, tell me about when you and Daddy started dating. Tell me about this. And she would just open up, and she'd talk to me about all those times, all the names, all the stuff, everything. You know? And I tell June all the time, I said, I can't find out about so-and-so because Mama's not around, so I can't call her and say, well, who's so-and-so, where's she gone? Secondly, tell your mother you love her. Do it often. Write her a letter if she's not here. Tell her you love her. Tell her that she was good to you. Give her that unconditional love that she gave you. Give, give, give it back, okay? And it'll help you heal if you've been hurt by your mother. It will help you heal. It's good for you too, okay? Thirdly, how can you honor your mom? How about living a life that would make her proud? Boy, that's the best gift you can give a mom on Mother's Day. Live your life in a way that will make her proud. I was praying this morning and talking to Brother Tommy Falk from First Assembly, and we were talking about Mother's Day. He said, what y'all got going on? I said, well, we have a film, and we got some, some nice coffee cups for the moms, and he was telling me what they were doing. And he said, you know, he said, Tommy Jr. is preaching today. I said, wonderful, man. 
I said, what a great gift for his mom. You see, the best the gift that we have is every Sunday we look at our son and he's up here leading us in worship. What a wonderful Mother's Day gift. Now, you better have more than that, boy. <laughs> Live a life, and he does, he does. Live a life that will make your mom proud. How about honoring her by forgiving her? If she was roughed, if she wasn't the best mom, check her past and see where she came up in and forgive her. Because if you forgive her, it will go well for you and your heart will change and you'll see it in a different perspective. How about making her part of your children's life? Honor your mother by including her in your children's life. Proverbs 23, 22. Don't despise your mother when she is old is what it says. Don't miss the chance for your children to know their grandma. Make her a part of their lives. And then allow her to live on when she's gone. Honor her through stories and pictures and traditions in your family. Okay? I was, and you've heard this before, I think I've shared it here probably more than once, but every Sunday in the daycare center for six and a half years, well, no, they passed away before that, but we were, we were in church, and on the front row was June and Nadine's mom over here on the right, and the back of church was my mom. At first, we had gotten her a, a recliner kind of rocking chair, and then we got her a wheelchair when she really started getting worse. And she would sit every service and grin back there. Sometimes she would fall asleep. But that was good. She loved She was there every Sunday, every Sunday. And everybody would kind of take turns. They'd go pick up. Miss Anita did. Brother Bob and Miss V would go pick up, and then we'd go eat with her and bring her home after church. They got to know her very well. Matter of fact, Bob called her mom. She'd try to fuss at me, and Bob would fuss at her. Okay? But when we built this, she always wanted to see, she saw the land, but she wanted to see this building. Okay? My cell phone's right here in this bag. But I want you to know if I go to contacts on this phone, my mother's phone number is still in here. And a year and a half ago when we finished this building and we got the final inspection, of course, I was kind of a maverick and we were having services before that. Don't tell anybody. I, I, I used to just say, look, if they come arrest me, y'all come visit me in jail. But when we got the final approval, I was on the Youngsville Highway right there and I was so excited. And the first thing I did was reach for my cell phone dialing my mother's number. She's gone. She's gone. How many of you have a mom who's still alive here on this earth? matter how nice she was to you or whatever. You need to honor her. 
best that you can. And it will go well for you. And you will have long life. This was a letter I wrote to my mom in 1991. I'm, I'm not going to read I don't think I'll be able to get through it. Write her a letter. Even if she's not alive, write her a letter. honor her and it will go well for you every mom in here raise your hand again this time I'm going to ask you to stand go ahead and stand up every mom in here stand alright if you're with your wife or you're here with your mom if your mom's here I want you to stretch your hand out to her. Husband, stretch your hand out to her. You, we want to pray a blessing upon you.